0: Let's check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simeon. God,
1: I love to hear ZZ Top.
0: Really? You know, <laughs> I did not have that on my bingo card of something uh, that you would enjoy.
1: <laughs> huge fan. I went to see them a few years ago and what an enormous joy it was. So much fun.
0: <laughs> it is. That is the thing about ZZ Top, right? You just listen to it yeah. and it puts you kind of in a good mood.
1: Yep, yeah, no, that's that's the entire that's story. One. That's it. And what, uh, you know, they're still going on, although they lost their great bass player a couple of years ago. So
0: oh, uh, I love it. We love but it. But they're still going on. Great, anyway, great job. Uh, enough of this nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about the economy this morning and some economic news that's come in.
1: Yeah, and some good news for the government and from an unlikely source. So I'm looking at the uh, head of the news release yesterday from the ICBA, that's the independent. Contractors and Business Association, and they've been known to say mean things about the government at the time, but the headline yesterday, BC 2024 Construction outlook Surprisingly Robust, in spite of all the doom and gloom out there about interest rates and recessions and cost of livings and maybe a recession, maybe not, uh, the ICBA servers, uh, surveyed its members... And CEO Chris Gardner says uh, 87% of their members, that's a lot, uh, say that 2024 they are going to be busier building things in construction. In 2024, than they, at least as busy as they were last year, and many of them, 50% in the lower mainland, say they expect to be busier. So that sector of the economy is doing well, expects to continue to do well, Big news for the two hundred and fifty thousand people that work in it, but also big news for the government because those construction jobs are spread around the province. Uh, they're spread across, uh, you know, those are those are good jobs. They pay very well, good pay and benefits. And you've got a group that doesn't always take a bright view of the NDP, saying things are looking up for twenty
0: twenty four. Isn't that interesting? Though I want like that's not kind of what we heard bubbling there, but now they're talking about, I would assume that's housing starts. That's everything. Yeah. So there's a few things that,
1: that, that can be attributed to. First of all, uh, whatever one thinks of the new Democrats, uh, this NDP government is spending huge amounts of public money building things, uh, in contrast to the NDP government of the 1990s. So, Uh, This NDP government, they're building a lot of schools. They're building hospitals, roads, bridges. uh, BC Hydro is still building Site C. And all of those are construction jobs. And the spillover is from that as well. So, you know, and even uh, credit to Dr. Bonnie Henry. She kept the construction sector mostly open, even during the pandemic. So that adds up. When government spends that kind of money on construction, Uh, It's creating jobs as well, and it's doing it because the jobs and a lot of the raw raw materials are here in B.C. It's very good for the economy. Uh, The other thing you mentioned is housing, and that's interesting. The, The ICBA report in particular mentions expectations that we are going to see loosening of construction in housing. We have lagged building housing in B.C. for many years because of regulations, local obstruction, uh, NIMBY forces, projects sit in the approval stage for months and sometimes years. And I think uh, you know the ICBA is, uh, and its members have caught on to the NDP government's determination to change that. Whether they can change it fast enough to produce a lot of additional housing this year, there are skeptics out there on that as well. But I still think I think that's one of the reasons that the ICBA, its members construction, are saying we may be in for a good year in housing. And in fact, you know, when you read the report, the reaction, they say the biggest problem is a shortage of workers. Really? Projects, they, all of their members, 80% of their members say they're having trouble getting skilled workers. And I, I, that one is a I find that one annoying Sammy because we've been talking about this in BC since the 1990s. Yes. That construction jobs are good jobs. They pay well. Skilled trades have a lot of benefits and you can work all the time and yet and yet not nearly enough young people see that as a career path. There's one stat that jumped out to me in the report yesterday is immigrants, a huge number of immigrants, come to British Columbia. We are getting a large share of Canada's immigrants. Only about 2% of them go into construction and skilled trades. Uh, You know, there's still that illusion out there, Simi, that, you know, you go to university, you get a university degree and all that, and you don't think about getting a skilled trade. Uh, and, and really that's where the jobs are out there. That's one of the big places, uh, for jobs out there is just in skilled trades. As I said, 80% of the contractors say the biggest challenge they face is finding enough workers to build the stuff that they've signed a contract to build. Uh, they are also concerned about supply chain issues. Everybody gets that problem. Uh, Yeah, they don't like government red tape and they wish the New Democrats weren't so heavily into that. But really, this report is mostly good news for the government. And it suggests that something the New Democrats have been doing, which is encouraging the construction sector and investing in it, uh, is working quite well for them and probably goes some distance to explaining why the government's doing so well in the opinion polls.
0: I have one more just question on the construction issue. Yeah, you talked about big infrastructure projects and things, some of those are, are finishing up.
1: Yeah, you know, that and, and you's, you're seeing a little doubt, uh, in this survey of the construction industry from contractors in the north because of that. So, the big four projects, uh, in construction in the north, uh, the coastal GasLink gas link gas pipeline to Kitimat, that's finished. TMX to Vancouver, mostly finished, although there are still sections where there's work needed. Uh, Site C is supposed to be finished uh, by 2025. Uh, So that one they're thinking about and the Kitimat LNG terminal as well. So the, the big four there are close to being finished or winding down. And, yeah, you're hearing contractors saying the government's going to have to jump in and do some new major infrastructure because ultimately this stuff is backed by governments, even if the right. money is private as it was with some of the pipelines. Conveniently, so it's an election year. Yeah, and it's an election year. Uh, you know, a very, very interesting report came out yesterday, which I haven't had a chance to read yet, which is uh, the Mining Association looking at major critical industry Uh, major critical mineral projects in that sector. Critical minerals are the ones that are needed to make the clean, green economy work. BC has a lot of opportunities in that area of mines, and the association is saying the government's got to get behind this and make sure some of these projects actually get approved uh, because it can take 10 years to get a mine up and running. And meanwhile, we're buying that kind of stuff from all kinds of places in the world that... uh, don't have our human rights or environmental record
0: right okay so that's one more thing also I want to talk about this uh, cell phones in schools yeah. issue we talked a lot about it over the holidays uh, there seems to be a bit of a momentum for this
1: i think there is a momentum for it uh, bc united's first big announcement of the new year was uh, an, an announcement of something they said last year which is just do it. Ban cell phones in the classroom. Uh, it's already been done in Ontario. It's been done in Quebec. It's being done in some school districts in BC. The government says they're still studying the issue, but yeah, I, I think the public momentum is behind this. I'm a little skeptical as to whether or not this is actually a case of, you know, the proverbial closing the barn door uh, long after the horse has escaped. But I, I certainly understand why parents are concerned, and I can understand why teachers are concerned. You know, I hear from teachers who just feel overwhelmed by cell phone use in the classroom and um, children getting everything from... Uh, you know, social media, particularly Snapchat and TikTok and, and other sources that I don't even understand. Uh, so I, I, I understand the push. And, you know, Kevin Falcon, basically he is saying, look, you, are, you, you have a cell phone, you have that so your parents can stay in touch with you and keep in track with what you're doing. And they want you to have the phone. You come to school You put it in the locker, you lock the locker, and you pick it up at the end of the day, and the only time you'd ever use it at school is if the teacher thought it was a useful learning tool for some school project. So that's the idea. I don't know. Simi, what do you think?
0: (laughs) Well, I think it's it's hard because the, the, the problems that we talk about are not necessarily the in the classroom problems. It's the what the kids are doing in the hallways and the way they're interacting with each other on social media. And that seems like, yeah, a school issue, but also a parent issue.
1: I think you're right. And, you know, some of the anger and frustration around this just, uh, you know, young people are getting all their news and information uh, from social media now. Right and and but then they've so always their,
0: so are their parents
1: yeah and they've always kept in touch with their with their peers their friends and and, and through media and now they can do it uh, but um, yeah I, I, cutting them off in the classroom um, you're right I think the the problems you're identifying I, I, I can understand the, the perspective of a teacher you're trying Absolutely. to teach a lesson and they're all absorbed and okay I get that but uh i wouldn't go too far down the road in assuming that this is really going to solve all the problems that we see out there with social media misinformation disinformation uh, on a whole range of subjects Uh, but we do have examples out there and uh, that maybe we can study and say here's what we can learn from the attempts uh, as the education minister in BC has pointed out, some school districts have already done this, so we could ask them. Uh, We can have a look at Ontario and Quebec, which have embarked on the experiment to see how they're doing on it. Uh, As I said, I, I certainly understand the momentum behind this. I think BC United are speaking for a lot of people. Although interestingly enough, the BC Conservatives, John Rustad has already come out and said, you know, I don't necessarily agree with this. I think these uh, devices can be tools for learning, and I think we should be thinking of creative ways to use smartphones as a learning tool rather than telling everybody you can't have them and they're banned. So that's so uh, well.
0: That's funny that he would say that. That's really funny he would say that though, because that has been responsible for so much of their messaging. Is the way BC conservatives are interacting on social media?
1: Yeah, you know you're right, and I see. A survey uh, uh, out as well this week saying that both of the opposition parties are firing up their advertising, but not on traditional news media. Boo hiss, not on NW, not on the (laughs) Vancouver Sun. Uh, They're they're doing it on social media. I mean this. Simi, this is the hypocrisy of our whole society around this. We're, right. we're really concerned about these devices and how they're changing society, <laughs> and we're maximizing our use of them at the same time. Uh, remember all those arguments, it's probably before you were born, Simi, about how evil sweet. television was, yeah. right? It was destroying society. Yes. Uh, ten arguments for the elimination of television. And that television seems kind of harmless and rewarding <laughs> in many ways.
0: In retrospect, when you compare it to, yeah, what we see on social media a little bit. Nice. Uh, Vaughn, thank you for that.
1: Bye-bye, Simmy.
0: That is Vaughn Palmer for the Vancouver Sun. If you want to weigh in, please do, Simmy at cknw.com.